Inclement weather across the country does not stop this train because not only is the best theme song in the industry back yet again, but we are back for the next four weeks because more importantly, playoff best ball is back. As always for the best ball happy hour, I'm your host, John Daigle. And for the next four weeks, Thursday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, every single week before the wild card, it will be myself and none other than the 2020-2021 underdog gauntlet playoff winner for that season, Chris G himself. Chris, how's it going, buddy? Doing great, man. Thank you for the generous welcome, and I'm happy to be here. You were here not only because you have experience in winning the underdog gauntlet, which there is currently an article on the site, 44.com, available for everyone to read right now, but also because you've already been ripping drafts in the streets. You are prepared. And I want to start this episode, and again, there will be four editions here, but I want to begin with an overall look, a view of how to approach the 2022 gauntlet right now. Because I'm sure some people say, well, we're not sure about seeding. We're not sure about these teams that may get kicked out. But in my opinion, Chris, that's the whole point, taking shots right now. And that's the fun part about doing this show with you because for the next four weeks, I bet we have a different spin on how to draft every single week. So let's go ahead and start with the overarching view of the gauntlet moving forward as of week 16. Well, sure, yeah. I mean, basically what we got to do is the gauntlet is a nice four-week-long tournament, playoff best ball, where only one team in each round advances to the next round. So what I think we need to do here is we need to attack the wild card rounds early, maybe pass on a couple of bi-week players to strengthen our roster because it's literally one of six this year. And, you know, pretty much the good thing about the seeding is in the NFC is almost set. It's pretty much already set at the as we start week 16. Dallas is probably locked into the fifth seed. Tampa Bay is a 75% chance to make it as the uh, NFC South winner. Philly is all but guaranteed the first round by and home field advantage. And then San Francisco and Minnesota, depending on how their last three weeks go, can jump from two or three. So we, we pretty much know what the NFC is going to be. And then we have the coin flip at the first round by for the AFC. So for me, what I'm really looking at right now is uh, the AFC and NFC seeding, and I'm also looking at what quarterback falls to me in the first round if I want to take one, which would usually be either Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, or Jalen Hurts. And we are going to rip a couple gauntlet drafts, as you mentioned, $25 entry, and of course we are going for the first place prize because 100K is a major difference from 35K even though we would all obviously be happy with either result. Having said that, it's important to note what you said at the top. Only one seed out of your six-team draft moves on to the second round and the gauntlet, the $25 draft. Whereas the mitten, the smaller stakes $5 draft, which I've also ripped a few on here, two seeds move on from the six-room draft. So what is the difference, in your opinion, on strategy? how to draft, maybe lineup construction overall from the gauntlet with one player, only one out of six teams moving on compared to the mitten, two teams moving on. Yeah, I'd feel a lot more comfortable probably uh, taking, you know, maybe two quarterbacks in the mitten, hoping that one of them does well, like taking a Jalen Hurts and maybe a, you know, Tua Tagovailoa or something like that to balance out on the AFC side. Where, where I'm looking at the gauntlet now is seeing this one of six, you have to get everything right. So taking a bye week player, in the first round 
is very detrimental, at least at the quarterback position, because it means you have to allocate at least 20% of your roster to the quarterback position. You know, if you take Jalen Hurts or Josh Allen and he gets the first seed, you need someone to cover that week because you cannot afford to put up a zero. As you can see here, when we played the gauntlet in 2021 here, Dable. And by uh, the way, I didn't even realize I was in the same draft as you whenever we played together. I'm just seeing this screenshot. This is amazing. You inched me out by six points. Good for you. Yeah, and if if it was like uh, the rules today, I wouldn't even won. That's the crazy part, you know. That's that's incredible. And yeah, yeah, and uh, so I really think it's important that you get your best lineup forward, which means taking an elite quarterback. And for me, obviously, right now it's Patrick Mahomes. He's the to me, he's the number one one hundred and one. And then I really like taking CMC on the back half, maybe with a uh, a Kelsey or maybe something like a uh, a Jamar Chase. You know getting some explosion from the AFC side. Let's get into that a little more because as you note here in your article, one quarterback, one running back, two wide receivers slash tight ends, which as we know, Kelsey's live, but really given the volatility of tight end, we don't necessarily have to have one, although they probably offer unique stacking strategies in your builds. And then of course, one flex and five bench spots. For you, for lineup construction for the gauntlet, you already hinted at two quarterbacks for the mitten. But for the gauntlet, what has been your favorite, or in your opinion, the most optimal lineup construction? So one one QB, three, one, three, six, whatever. Um, and has it been one quarterback, or do you also think two quarterbacks should be taking a shot at for both the midden and the gauntlet? So lately I've been looking at more of the uh, one quarterback build. I really like that because it gives you – uh, a chance to get an extra uh, running back or wide receiver tight end spot, which you might need depending on your uh, weaknesses, you know, of your draft. So for me, I'm and the gauntlet itself. I'm really favoring a one quarterback build, probably two running backs or three with six or seven wide receiver tight end spots. Cause those are probably the most volatile spots in the uh, NFL is the receiving, you know, you have a chance for great opportunities, massive spike weeks. And you need all those shots you can to end the Super Bowl to win it all. Like, I had someone very unique in mind where I had Rob Gronkowski. He literally did nothing the whole entire playoff scheme. I had Mike Evans, Travis Kelsey, and Tyree Kill carrying me. And I actually ended up getting Rob Gronkowski two-touchdown performance in the Super Bowl, which edged me out on everybody else. So you have skin in the game right now. And on the screen, for everyone watching live, I, of course, am using our 4 for 4 underdog gauntlet ADP tool completely free for everyone. Literally, all you have to do is hover the cursor over tools on 4for4.com and then go to underdog gauntlet ADP. And this shows, highlights, the last seven days, which, of course, you can extend beyond once we keep moving further since this thing doesn't lock until the wild card round. But for right now, and you know from experience, since you've been ripping drafts, what is an ADP advantage you think uh, currently? Is it Josh Allen being potentially too early? Is it a quarterback in your mind that's sneaky going too late? What are your thoughts on ADP right now? Well, my, uh, my favorite ADP value right now, and I'm writing about it a little bit, is uh, Nicole Hardman, actually. He's injured. Right before he got injured, he had the past – three weeks of several touchdown performances before he got injured and he's relatively cheap. He goes in the last round or undrafted and uh, he's attached to Patrick Mahomes. He's probably my favorite value overall. Is there a potential stack right now 
that you have been targeting that you think everyone is behind on? Well, yeah, I think, uh, I think people are a little uh, turned off on the Miami Dolphins right now because as they stand, they're the seventh seed, but they have such an explosive offense and a highly concentrated offense is what we're looking for. Uh, they, they make it very simple to stack. You can get two in the 40s, I think, right now. And uh, the only high-value piece that you have a hard time getting sometimes is Tyreek Hill. But once you get him, pretty much no one's going to touch Jalen Waddle or Tua or Raheem Mostert or Jeff Wilson. Those are pretty much the only guys you need for the stack, too. So that's like a four-person stack. That's 40% of your roster. And you can start thinking about Philadelphia. You can start thinking about Minnesota, San Francisco, adding a couple of those plays to balance it out. We are looking right now on the screen at 538's playoff standings. You mentioned the Dolphins, for example. And although they have a 72% chance of making the playoffs, I agree. I've been in drafts. Tyreek and Waddle in particular are going far too low, in my opinion. I would also think Chris Godwin for a, a locked-up target hog also going literally in the last, next-to-last round of these drafts. And we know, despite the Buccaneers being just miserable to watch, uh, they can mess around and get the right playoff route in order to sneak into the NFC Championship. But odds on both sportsbooks and 538 Football Outsiders are what people have been using, thinking about, this is where I'm going to take my papa shots. Like, I'm going to start sneaking in Panthers players, Lions players, Jets players, just in case they mess around and get the lower seed and go on at least another round. So suddenly I have this unique stacking combination with these teams that no one else drafted because they were scared. They were scared to take on the risk. Um, how do you think you were building when drafting teams to make it the furthest? Like, let's say you start out with Josh Allen, who's the first quarterback coming off the board typically. Would you then want to target the Chiefs stacks thinking that, okay, I can lock up potentially the AFC championship since we're potentially looking at the number one and two seeds in the AFC, or are you trying to sneak in like the eighth seed in the AFC, even though they may run into the Bills or Chiefs earlier since there is reseeding? No, generally, generally when I play and I draft, and this might be a fault of my own, but I usually, when I take a Josh Allen, I like looking at the NFC more because like you were talking about Chris Godwin, you can literally get every Tampa Bay player in the last five rounds. It's just very simple to stack that whole entire offense. You know, um, I like, uh, I really like the idea of the lions. They're 40% as you can see. And Amon Ross St. Brown is probably the first player off the board. And I think he's going in the fifties right now. And uh, it's just so easy to stack that team. I mean, the, the problem with obviously, you know, the lines when we talk about it all out is who's going to be the running back, which also gives you a lot of leverage if you get it right. What if DeAndre Swift turns it on, right, during the playoffs? Something like that. You know, that's pretty cool. And, uh, you know, the Jets, I mean, we're going to get a lot of information on tonight's game if, if people are going to start drafting Jets players or, or uh, Jacksonville. Jacksonville is another great pick. Trevor Lawrence is exploding right now. Zay Jones is reborn again, and he's amazing. And uh, they got ETN, an explosive pass catching back. Do you think it is suboptimal to potentially stack two running backs like Fournette and Rashad White, Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift? Even if these teams advance, let's say, you would be unique, I would think, in having both of them. But you think that? Do you think that works against you? I think uh, I think I probably lean to just having one 
I mean, the only one I can consider right now that I'd, I'd probably take too easily is Tony Pollard and Zeke because their workflow is so split down the middle and they're probably going to use them both. But um, I think uh, the biggest value out of the running back spots for Kansas City is like Jarek McKinnon. Like he has just shown time and time again that they're the guys who rely on the most. So I'd probably be fading Isaiah Pacheco big time in this format. Fading Isaiah Pacheco. Yeah, I think so. I mean, seventh round rookie, when all the chips are on the line and the game's close, they're going to use McKinnon. So. And they have mentioned that they trust McKinnon the most as well. Right now on the screen, I am looking at our largest ADP changes, or not ours even, just what the data is showing, the biggest ADP changes in the gauntlet the past seven days. And right now, one of the largest gainers is George Kittle, of course, jumping 16.7 spots over the last seven days. I, that's probably due in part to, to a matchup that people victory lapped, even though it's illegal. You cannot victory lap tight ends against the Seahawks. Everyone played George Kittle at DFS. We knew it was a good spot, so who cares? Uh, but how do you feel? I think he's a good thesis of how to stack uniquely. Like, How do you feel knowing that we don't have to play a tight end? How do you feel about playing a fringe tight end which is basically anyone in the playoffs outside of Travis Kelsey. Do you think you should be drafting them with the quarterbacks to be unique in your stacks? Or since they are so volatile, are you trying to ignore them? No, I think uh, you should embrace the volatility a little bit. Like my, one of my favorite players too is Hayden Hurst. You know, he's the fourth or fifth piece in the borough. Everyone's going to be drafting Jamar Chase. Every, almost everybody right now is getting the whole entire Bengals offense right now. You can get it right now. And I think people are overlooking Hayden Hurst, as indicated by his ADP, and he's going undrafted most of the time. So he'd be a great leverage spot if you make it to the Super Bowl and it's a Bengals-Eagles matchup and you get Hayden Hurst for a touchdown, you differentiate it from the field. So that's important. Even even though the tight end position has been so volatile, you know, just it helps. Well, Chris, we're going to do it all together. On the count of Let's three, everyone, everyone watching live can go ahead and jump in as well. Are you going to do this one with me watching it, or uh, are you trying to jump in on the side of me? Uh, up to you. Up to you. What do you want? You, you Let's call. do one together. We got, we got four shows together. We're going to try to rip a couple here before we get out of here before kickoff. So I say we do one together, and then I'll rename it, and we will split the prize whenever we take it down. Sounds good. I'm in. All right. For the chat, three, two, one. Five spots open for everyone. Is there, you already mentioned Hayden Hurst. Is there another, not stack, you talked about the Dolphins and Lions in particular. Is there another unique player you like being in on on the last two or three drafts? Whether it be one individual player who you think completes your stacks uniquely or just one one-off that you think can help you get past the wild card round. Because of course, that's the biggest mistake people make is overdrafting the good teams because the good teams aren't playing wild card weekend and you still have to advance around. Yeah. I mean, I, I really like, um, it's really hard because like right now we don't know where New York is going to play and where San Francisco is going to play. Cause I'd like Saquon Barkley's value right now. Obviously he's still low. And, but the problem is if you play San Francisco, that defense is real good. And I probably would fade him. I really don't like getting an ancillary piece unless it's someone that has massive explosion upside like a Saquon Barkley, like a Gabe Davis, something like that. Like Gabe Davis last year won everybody their wild card, our conference championship matchup with the 53-point game that he had, you know? So, and from my, like that. from my experience from 
other playoff challenges, I know it's the workhorse running back that you typically try and target that people forget about because like one extra game of 25 touch cam acres, one extra game of 20 touch Nick Chubb running over the Steelers. Like that's what actually wins these leagues for you, um, helping you get through the first round. And then the gang gets back together. Like then you get the chiefs and the bills, the 49ers, the Eagles, everyone who goes on by. So yes, I agree. I think the wild card workhorse running back, like removing the micro analysis and just saying this player gets 25 to 30 touches. If this team wins, I'm taking a chance on that. That's how I usually target the ancillary pieces for these kind of tournaments. No, John, you're absolutely right. Like everybody the first year of this thing was like, Oh, Ronald Jones is the guy. And it was Leonard Fournette, right? Last year. Everybody was like, hey, it's Darrell Henderson. No, it's Cam Akers. He was the guy. And everybody, and you could get those guys in the 10th round. And I'm still kind of looking for that guy right now, just trying to get a feel for it. But I'll, I'll do a lot more in week 17. That's when I like to uh, start going really heavy. Like I've done 10 or 15 drafts on each contest right now, more like 6, 7, 10, something like that. I'm all over the place on these. But it's uh, it's amazing. And that, that guy is such great value because – Everyone sleeps on running backs in this format. And I think it's more fun to draft right now in particular because the NFC number one seed is wide open. Uh, Like with Minshew starting, and I I really think the Eagles are live dogs. I've talked about this on the show. I think they're just a better team than the Cowboys right now, especially with Dak Prescott, nine interceptions in his last six games. The Eagles can very easily win this game, and I don't think Jalen Hurts matters to this particular contest. But all other coaches in the NFC see blood in the water. And so they know, like the 49ers are live. They know if the Eagles lose out, they can get the number one seed. So that's why I don't think we see... Christian McCaffrey, anyone who may be a slightly injured, rest this game. Like, they're going for it now, especially because the 49ers and the Eagles are the two games that play on Sunday afternoon, the only two games that play Sunday afternoon at the same time. So they won't know what's going on. So, yeah, I I think it is a really good time to draft. It's a good time, like as you mentioned, for that one QB Brock Purdy last round build, thinking that, oh, okay, like this is my guy through the Super Bowl potentially. Now's the time to do it. And – we happen to get the 1.1. So a good exam- example or a bad one we're trying to set for everyone, Chris, what do you usually do with the 1-1? I take Patrick Mahomes as he's the number two seed right now. That's what I, I did do. that this morning in a draft, so I'm glad you said that. That means I'm doing it correctly so far. I want to be overweight on Patrick Mahomes. And again, building for this is it's funny because the AFC is just a coin toss based solely on the journey everyone gets there because it, yeah it, it all comes down to week 17 right uh if if kansas city i mean if kansas city wins and if buffalo loses to uh cincinnati right that's it that's 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 going to decide the matchup right there that and the jaguars could be cinderella's aka the Bengals, who just got lucky last year like the, the Jaguars also have a number one quarterback. They're playing well, and they could get lucky enough because they're playing so well at the right time of the year to just slip in. But at the same time, Bengals own the Chiefs. Chiefs own the Bills. Uh, Ravens, we've already seen if they let Lamar Jackson loose when he's healthy, has a, an immense ceiling. So it's just kind of like I want to see the AFC map it out, but we can't do that right now. So that's why I like taking my one chance on the AFC and crossing my fingers that the matchups go correctly. Week 17 between the Bills and Bengals on Monday night is going to be really interesting because we haven't seen those two teams play each other. And so, like, I'm curious if one has a distinct advantage over the other. Oh, and I should also say uh, the Dolphins have proven they can beat the Bills on any Sunday. So it's like whoever runs into each other 
they have the formula to be the better team that day, which which is why the AFC is so fun. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, Baltimore is actually a really good value. I mean, you got to think about it. It's it's even more concentrated than Miami is, right? It's Lamar, it's J.K. Dobbins, and Mark Andrews right now. And if you want to get different, you can grab any ancillary piece you want, and you can get it relatively cheap. But we've already committed, right? We've committed to Chiefs. So for me, I'm looking. You know, I'll, I'll hold my tongue here a little bit, but I'm looking for you know NFC players. You know, we got we got several that are really good right now too. So you're Just saying that? Bit. So you're saying that with a with any quarterback, uh, not only Patrick Mahomes won one, but typically, let's if you start with Josh Allen, Diggs won't come back historically. If you start with Mahomes, Kelsey won't come back historically. So that means you're already jumping to the other conference for your next pick. Yes, or if. Awesome. Uh, or if by some reason, you know, like the number three seed right now is Cincinnati. If Jamar Chase was on the board for some other reason, maybe I'd take them because they're probably going to see the Chiefs in the finals, right, the conference championship game, if uh, things play out differently. Uh, right now, I think if Kansas City is the two seed, then Cincinnati is the three seed, so they'll see Southern Divisional round, which at least guarantees you a round in Cincinnati's explosive, and they're probably going to play the Chargers or the Dolphins, which will, should be a high-scoring game. So right so, now here, what I'm looking at is I want A.J. Brown. This is a unique guy, and I'll probably take Miles Sanders. So I get the running back out of the way from the NFC, and I get the number one skilled position player on the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. So, Are you immediately trying to stack a team every time if you have the 1-1, like at the turn? Um, you're not trying to get unique with two other teams. You're literally just trying to begin your stacks. I, I think it's more unique to to stack the team because of the likelihood of you getting all these combinations is probably pretty rare. I haven't seen AJ Brown go to 206 in a long time. Usually the uh, Jalen Hurts guy grabs him pretty quickly. Okay, what about if you were at the 102 or 103? Uh, would you look for a stacking partner if he slips? Or would you then also try to create your own unique stack that you know is going to be there for your next two picks, even with two picks around you. My favorite position in the draft right now is the 103 because you you have a chance to get the Patrick Mahomes and you have a chance for the three guys behind you to mess it up and give you Kelsey or vice versa, Josh Allen to get digs. That's the pipe dream I live for every, every draft I enter in these. But if I'm at the 101, I like to uh, definitely take Mahomes because he's the number two seed in the AFC and, grabbing uh, Dallas, Philadelphia, San Francisco, if somehow those guys slip. so uh, If you start with Mahomes, Allen, or Burrow, does that automatically mean you go to the other conference with your next Yes. Pick? Okay. Yes. Unless, like, you can, you can justify yourself maybe taking Buffalo at the end, like an Isaiah McKenzie, James Cook, if you want to get something and hope that the one seed meets the three seed in the conference championship. Because all you're trying to, what you're really trying to do in this game is get games played, right? Games played by your players. You need these guys to play. So right now, we've taken a huge hit here by taking two guys with the first round by. That, that's pretty much locked up. So for me, I'm pumping the brakes on Philadelphia now. I'm going to be looking elsewhere, maybe stacking uh, Patrick Mahomes. That might be a great idea. It really stinks that our, uh, this guy, Sal Powell, took uh, Jarek McKinnon here because that was my uh, next pick. But that hey, is uh, that is producer Sal, very good friend and terrific person in life, but a jerk on the live stream who's sniping us now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's a good. We got we got a couple guys available, right? We got Juju still. 
Plus, plus you already mentioned. Now, I don't, I don't want to say it out loud, but if someone's a jerk and snipes us on McCole Hardman, it doesn't make sense for them. Whereas for us, that's like a last round ancillary piece with Mahomes. Yeah, that's that's exactly. pretty unique, especially the way they used him. But we have Juju. Exactly. I, I think we should take Juju, and then we can look to uh, we can look to like a Debo if you think he's going to be healthy enough to come back, or if you. Uh, yeah, I think we can do that. I, I like that. I like uh, Ayuk. I, I probably prefer Debo. Okay. Let's see. Here. Let's go. Just go to the wide receiver tight end tab. If you, you want, go. we can even go Gabe Davis if you want, but we'd have to basically. I think, I think with this end. build, given their seeds, I don't think the Bills and Chiefs would run into each other until later. So I like That's the idea correct. of having Gabe Davis. Yeah. we. Can, I mean, like we talked about, this is one of the guys of the ancillary pieces that you want who can explode any week for two or three touchdowns because he gets those long passes. Yes. And obviously. Yeah. We saw Gabe Davis 204 touchdowns against the Chiefs just last year in the playoffs. So I, it's like this makes sense considering they may not run into each other to the conference championship. Yeah, and you know what? We can take James Cook at the end, right? Because what our goal, our goal right now is basically we want Mahomes to make it to the Super Bowl and we want the Eagles to make it to the Super Bowl. And we need to basically backstop all our guys. So right now, I just talked about how I don't like Pacheco, but we might have to take Pacheco here because – McKinnon's gone and what if there's an injury to McKinnon Pacheco's getting all the work you know so, so. one quarterback is your favorite because it, it's hard enough like if you draft two quarterbacks that's almost suggesting like you can get both correctly I think it's hard enough to get the first one right um so well, that's why we got like the only time you're taking the second quarterback is if uh the Jalen Hurts or Josh Allen's on by right because if you take two quarterbacks and you're like you're basically betting that you're right that whatever team you're picking is going to the Super Bowl. And if they're going to the Super Bowl, they have to put up a monstrous performance most of the time, right, in today's NFL. So you can see here our, our guy at the end here, number six. He's got CMC he's, too. Yeah, he's got the whole entire San Francisco offense. He's betting on Brock Purdy, and uh, he's taking Cincinnati's as ancillary pieces. So kind of leaves the – Oh, uh, the I didn't even notice team. that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. that's good. And uh, so, our buddy DK Jets took Pacheco, so we're going to have to take an AFC or maybe another uh, – like maybe actually Singletary might be a great pick because we already have Gabe Davis and it's two guys. That's it. So basically what we're looking at here for the construction is probably four to five Kansas City, two Buffalo players, and maybe a uh, you know a couple more NFC players because right now we're stacking heavy on the AFC – we probably need to be switching over to the NFC here pretty shortly. Okay. Uh, I'm open to – you mentioned Devin Singletary, so I'm open to that to play with Gabe Davis. And then I'm open to Saquon Barkley as that, you know, maybe the Giants run to the Bucks first round. And if that's the case, then uh, – Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that could work. That could work. I think they're going to primarily play, you know – Dallas, San Francisco, you know, okay. they're going to play San Francisco. So they have an 86% chance to make the playoffs. Dallas is locked into that five seed. So they're playing Tampa Bay no matter what. So um, we don't, I mean, we, we don't have any San Francisco players right now, so we could bet on that. Yeah, Not that I, mean, I want to some, again, but yeah, let's, let's bet against San Fran. Let's say they make a mistake. Let's get Barkley. Let's do it. That's what this is just. And like I said, not that I want to, but it's kind of like we don't have 49ers players at this late in the draft. So, like, we might as well since we're in that situation. No, of course. Of course.
And, um, uh, you know, we missed out on the Kansas City running backs, but that's fine. But, like, there's so many Kansas City ancillary pieces, you know? So it, Is Claude Edwards – did he tear his ACL? Was that the injury? I thought he was done for the season, but let me check real quick. I'm checking, too. Uh, high ankle sprain, but was it surgery? High ankle sprain would be okay. They're usually really bad when they come back from performing on that, but, you know. Correct. But also, uh, as someone who plays DFS every week, I ha- I am soulless. I I have made some ugly picks in my time. I do not care. I understand leverage. That's all that matters. So he's close to return, but he's not ready. <laughs> that's that's what Andy Reid says as of uh, two uh, days ago. I mean, so. would he would he be ready and like McKinnon or Pacheco? McKinnon, like remember, we're only two years from McKinnon getting dead legs. I actually, I, whenever I mean, he got overused. I actually like that, actually. You know, maybe uh, no one's going to take CEH in this draft unless they just are watching us on stream and sniping us. So that could be our 10th round pick right there. So we have running back locked up, and now it's just knocking out the wide receivers and tight ends. So that that, that actually be pretty good. Then we can take um, Nicole here on the way back. And then if you want to take another Giants piece, we can, since we're betting on the Giants anyways. That's how it works. So... I guess who's the uh, top place? Big play Slay, or are you going to go Richie James? Um, I still think Hodgins is better than Richie James. Um, Hodgins I is would... super unique. I guarantee he's undrafted too. So, okay. Uh, well, we probably don't need him right. Do we need him right now? I guess ADP at this point of the draft doesn't matter. That's probably a good we have three right? picks left. And if we if you want to take Ceh and McCall Hardman right now, we can do that right now, and then get Hodgins won't be drafted. So definitely should get Hardman since he's going to. He may not be back this week, but he'll be back enough to where his ADP is going to get inflated. So I want to take him early. And then, yeah, I, I mean, both Hodges and Edward Solaire are so unique. And also, we have Slayton and Richie James. So, like, we can take whoever falls to us. So let's play this smart, whereas there's only one more back here. Again, McKinnon could get, McKinnon's 31 years old. With a workhorse usage, he could easily get injured. I'm not worried about that at all. No, it's a, it's a great bet. Plus, I thought I thought CH was almost done for the year, and now that he's not, it's probably a really great pick at the tenth round of every draft. Yeah, especially with Reed saying that he 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 doesn't look good for this week, but we're in week sixteen. Like we don't we don't care about until the divisional round, so we got a Correct. whole month, and he will be back by then. Correct, and I really like that we took three running backs here because you know we have one guy that's on by, but right now what we're hoping for is with our four Kansas City Chief players. We're hoping those four make it, plus the two from uh, Philadelphia. Because we have Juju, McCole, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and Patrick Mahomes, right? That's four. And then we have A.J. Brown and Miles Sanders as the, the two that we want to see make it. Or Saquon Barkley and New York Giants wide receiver, receiver, tight end. So What I like about this those- as well is this will be one of my – rare drafts where I don't have 49ers players because like you I've been stacking them so I think it's good like leverage to have here oh I I I really like the back half of the draft a lot too because you can get CMC and Kelsey and then you can just get take Michael Hardman late and you can just build a super Brock Purdy team against Mahomes you know but you're not you're not drafting Mahomes so it's a really good build especially if you think the now that I'm thinking about the microanalysis portion of it, if you think the Giants definitely run to the 49ers, um, Isaiah Hodgins runs 92% of his routes from the boundary. That's where you attack them. 
like this is short-term thinking, but like I love Terry McLaurin for DFS this week as well. So like, yeah, I would want Hodgins rather than Richie James from the slot for sure. Yeah, that makes sense. And I'm, I'm glad you, I would never even think of that. So that's great. That's a really great thought. I think uh, Isaiah Hodgins is our last pick then, you know? Yeah. Sal didn't poach him. So that's who our last pick is. We got a star right here. And then we will review and is a one, four, five ideal. Is that like what you would want at the end of the day? Uh, not particularly, but what because else? you can so only, what, what you would can, be better? I think a one, three, six would probably be the six. best. Okay. But, um, the, it's it for our, for our purposes, it's fine. You know? So you take your pick, big pay slayer, Hodgins, perfect. Let's get unique. Let's get really unique here. Um, okay. Okay. Let's, let's go ahead and do one more. Now that we got that one under our belt, one more will take us to kickoff and then we will get out of here for the day. Uh, ideally, like you said, we're looking for a, a one, three, six is what we want to try and do. So everyone in the chat yeah. really quickly, one more, three, two, one, and go ahead, Chris. Yeah. One, three, six is what we're trying here. Yeah, if, if you take a bye week player at the running back position, you're going to want one three six. If you're taking a bye week player at the receiver position, you're probably going to go one two seven. You know, so that's the way I look at it most of the time. I'm like, okay, well, if I have two Philly players or two Buffalo players, depending on where they are, I add another one to the other spot, depending so on where they're at. We talked about players that are fringe ancillary options, like a Demarcus Robinson, Nicole Hardman, Clatterboard's Lair. Would you go deeper than that? Like, do you have interest in the T.Y. Hilton maybe opening up in three wide sets for the Cowboys? Maybe the Rob Gronkowski rejoining a team for the playoffs? Like, or do you think that deep is too thin? I think it might be a little too thin, but then again, you know, it's a one-game sample at the Super Bowl that you're hoping for. And anything can happen in that game as evidenced lately, you know? So, oh, we got 103, even better. Look at that. Oh, look at that. Yeah, we get the practice. Oh, I know Brady Goat. Yeah, there you go. But uh, uh, okay. yeah, I we think, get the practice uh, from the 103. Good. Uh, this is nice. I think uh, I like, so I'm not really big on T.Y. Hilton because I'm not a big fan of Dallas. They always find a way to botch things. And uh, you know, their, their target tree is pretty wide considering the other, the other teams. They have CD Gallup, Noah Brown. Now uh, Tony Pollard, Ezekiel Elliott, they spread it around a lot. So for me, when I, when I draft, they're playing uh, Tampa Bay and I never like to, go against Brady, even though he's not doing too hot this year. You know, I, I, I think uh, I'm not a big fan of them. So I, when I yes. draft them, it's, it's because I have to, you know? As much as I want to write a letter to the government saying Tom Brady was in on the FTX Ponzi scheme just to make sure he doesn't make the playoffs because the Bucks are so unwatchable. They suck so much. I do understand if they make the playoffs, he can mess around and like get a, get us a divisional game for sure. Especially I, when it comes I, to the I, Cowboys. I actually have a question for you. Uh, what do you think is the reason why Tampa Bay is it the coaching or is it Tom Brady just really old? What is it? I think it's everything. Um, even so I'll, I'll let you pick here. I'll let you pick here. Go ahead. I mean, like I'm good with Jalen or Christian McCaffrey or Kelsey, any of those three guys I'll be fine with. So I'll let you pick. Let's start with the running back just to give another example of what to do. Yeah, sure. sure. Even though, like, we probably end up with Brock Purdy, but let's just mess around and see what happens here. Um, it's a lot of reasons. Uh, it is, I think coaching is a major one. Now we have a, a resume of Todd Bowles being a terrible head coach and having no say over his room. Um, Brady, it's aging. Brady's also been going through. You can't 
quantify this, but he's going been going through a lot behind the scenes, even like being an investor in FTX and everyone knows about the divorce. Uh, everyone knows about retirement early because of the divorce. There's a lot going on. Um, the offense is unoriginal. They've been going through offensive line injuries and absences from free agency. That's why they can't run the ball. I, I don't even know if Rashad White's an NFL player, first of all. Like, I don't, I actually don't think he's like an, uh, even a rep- league replacement option. But at the same time, we, we don't, we wouldn't never know because their offensive line is so bad. They cannot run block for anything. So I don't attribute him or Leonard Fournette to the problems there. And then, yeah, I, uh, so, I really, and then, dude, I, also yeah. it's Mike Evans. Um, like, dude, Mike Evans, I don't know what's going on here, but him and Brady are so out of sync. I laugh every time someone tweets like Mike Evans air yards because they don't matter. Like they are prayer yards. They're not coming to fruition because those air yards, you can watch the games. Brady overthrows them by 20 yards every single week. So Evans is just not a player I believe in at all. That's why Godwin only gets there because he has a five a dot. Like they just put him in front of the line of scrimmage and pepper him with balls. That's it. So it's just an unoriginal, boring offense. Yeah. Let's Lots of thoughts there. So I like, so Burrow. we can go to, we can go Burrow, but Jamar Chase is already gone, or we can go Tyree Kill and go with your, your Miami Dolphins sick, concentrated attack that you've been talking about a lot lately. You know, up to you. I mean, I, I'm, I'm cool with Burrow as well. I mean, he's a great pick, and, uh, you know, but we just don't have Jamar Chase. That's my issue here. That's and okay. We wanna, yeah, but, but if we get Tyree Kill, then um, are we trying. Because now the, the quarterbacks of the top AFC seeds, we're assuming Burrow's not going to make it back to us. Or maybe he will since they have Mahomes and Josh Allen. Um, so Burrow is going to make it back to us unless this Josh Allen guy gets a little itchy. Um, but sometimes I kind of like to throw Burrow at the remaining guys and then hope to get like another San Francisco player right now. You know, like we could get, we can get, you know, Debo. We could get those are the two main guys I kind of like, especially when he gets healed up and he should be playing in wild card weekend and he's just a stud. Uh, I kind of like that. And then hoping to get two on the way back, because if we pass on Burrow here, probably our boy journey here is going to take him, and uh, we're just uh, going to be able to get to, I think, unless okay. the six seed uh, wants to do that as well. And that, that's what it looks like. So we want to go. Uh, we can uh, we can take T if you want or something like that, but I think we've uh, committed. We can commit to Miami here and we just go all the way. You know, I, I kind of like taking Debo first and then getting Waddle and then getting Deep, Tua. Debo yeah. first, okay. Yeah, Debo first, then Waddle, and then and then then we Tua can then we have fallbacks because we can go Purdy or Tua. There we go. Exactly. Good job. I like I like that strategy. Um, so in this case, then since we are suddenly stacking a bottom, like a six, seven, or eight seed in the Dolphins, does that mean we are then also looking for a six, seven, or eight seed in the AFC to stack with them because we don't want a reseeding situation where they play like the Bengals in the divisional round? We do. I, I, at this point, I don't want to draft uh, Kansas City because that's their likely opponent right now if they win. Okay. You know? So I don't want to draft the first round in Kansas City. It might be a great game and good offense, but all we're hoping for is that 10, 15% chance that Miami upsets Kansas City and makes a run throughout the whole entire conference. So grabbing Waddle here would be great. <laughs> and if we go Waddle and then we get Tua on the way back, 
we could start looking at other NFC pieces. Like I said, Miami is very concentrated. So getting Waddle, getting Tua, getting Tyreek, and then getting one of Raheem or Jeff Wilson as our last round pick, you know what I mean? Would be great. Just take whichever one's the cheapest, in my opinion. You know, uh, on sa- on Saturday night, they are so concentrated that underdog pick them put Mike Jasicki's prop at one and a half, and he didn't get there. Uh, Jasicki oh doesn't God. have Jasicki doesn't have one yard for five games. Like that's how useless he is. And this is a person who won the nineteen million dollar franchise tag. Insane. I I, I never. I, I'm a as you can see, I'm, I'm a Dolphin fan over here. You know, um, I uh, I just Jasicki. They don't. They're not in the plans for him. They don't. Daniel. I don't blame him necessarily. I think it's a scheme and a second contract athlete like him will probably do just fine as a last round pick in best ball next year. But yeah, mm-hmm. he is completely useless for Miami's future plans for sure. And Waddle's here for us. I think we do it. Yeah, let's take it. I think uh, we only have the risk of uh, Josh Allen taking to a. So now we know we've eliminated Juju. If you were to come back to us, we're, we're not going to take chiefs at all. Um, you know, we still. Need- I really like that uh, Minnesota, the Alvin Cook pick. That's just like sitting there. You know, it's like one of those forbidden fruits that you like. You're thinking about. You're like, hey, that be might be a real good pick to get because I think the two seat. Does the two seat have him or the four seat have Justin Jefferson? Who has it? On the, I believe. On the let's see here. Two seed. So he's probably, probably going to take Dalvin yeah. Cook. And then that yeah, leaves us two. Yes, those are his only NFC pieces. So I imagine that's where he goes. Oh, no. Okay. So we can get a little crazy here because if you saw everyone here has a quarterback but us, and we have yep. a lot of options. So we got Tua, and we got Brock Purdy. So we can we take Cook. Dalvin Cook and then just be set. Yeah, an NFC 4C so that would da- likely uh, not run into the to the 49ers until like maybe the divisional round, divisional. but we would get wild card. We get wild card Dalvin Cook. Yeah, that's okay. Yep, yep. Exactly. And then, so for whatever reason, like if Minnesota wins and, you know, it's just, they're going to play in the divisional, but it's just such a good value there. 10 spots after it's going to be a unique lineup. And now we need to start looking, we need to start looking at, we got two San Francisco picks. We probably can afford to get Ayuk a little bit later. So right now our next pick is probably going to be a quarterback. Then we're likely looking at Tua just to make sure we have that short up. Yeah, because then we're looking at Tua, and then we take a running back with Tua, and then we get another piece of the Minnesota team and another piece of the San Francisco team. And then basically we're guaranteeing us a nice little pocket in the divisional. We hope Miami wins and upsets and goes all the way. And then we're hoping that these guys fight it out in the divisional. And then the remaining team is guaranteed in the conference championship, and we have seven, seven spots going in. So this would be like a four-three-three build, you know. And so, and, what what teams outside of Chiefs then would be eliminated if you draft higher seeds, especially like in the NFC, like we did? So if my if we're picking if we're projecting Miami to win, then they're going to play Buffalo the next week, right? Coming off a of bye, and you can draft some Buffalo pieces, but really in, re- in reality, the probably the best team to pick at this point in time would be the Bengals because that would set them up for a conference championship game if you're going to go AFC. But the Bengals guys go pretty early so that's right now, so it's probably not happening. Um, I really like just taking the NFC guys and just making that bet. Or if you want to take somebody like Isaiah, <clears throat> Isaiah McKenzie, 
you know, Cole Beasley, that kind of thing. If you want to set that up for the divisional as well, or so with everyone having Hurst, with so. everyone having a quarterback, do you you want to go Tua here, wait it out further? Uh, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Tua here. I've every time I've done this, I've gotten punished. Okay, I've gotten punished so many times. That's, I mean, it doesn't hurt us at all. It's no big deal. We can do that. So now, since we are avoiding Pacheco, we are avoiding. Are we avoiding? Barkley, are we avoiding a yes. lower NFC seed? Okay, we're avoiding we're a lower NFC seed. Yeah, because we have we have the three seed right now in San Francisco. We, have we do have Mostert. If you want to add to yes. a stack, we need Mostert or our Jeff Wilson, whoever you prefer. It doesn't matter, and we can obviously it would, it would be Mostert uh, before Jeff Wilson okay. even got injured. It, it became Mostert's backfield for two games in a row. Okay, perfect. So we'll go. We'll go, brother Raheem. I love that guy. He's amazing to watch, and he just puts up fantasy points all day as long as he's healthy. So it's a great pick. Uh, well, you can you can take out Brock Purdy. We don't need him anymore. Like if uh, maybe in the tenth round, if you if you want to get a little different, but I think we're good here. Like we got we got our three running backs. Now we need all we need is receiver. Okay, I will star a couple players just in case. Um, and we will have Did I go already. Ayuk went uh, before we made the last round for Tua, yeah. Because I, I was trying to hone in on him. As How about well. Hawkinson, how's uh, how's uh, Washington and and Detroit's against the tight end? Uh, both uh, susceptible. I believe Washington is eleventh in fantasy points per game, and Detroit is top three. Yeah, I think I think Hawkinson would be a nice value here over KJ Osborne, and he goes pretty late. And then we're locking in, like I said, we're trying to lock in three positional pieces, but did uh, we have, there's no more San Francisco pieces, right? Kittle's gone. Ayuk's gone, right? Oh, yes, definitely. Oh, yeah, they go, they go really early. Um, and then, again, microanalysis, uh, uh, Adam Thielen's yards per route run dropped significantly, like over a half yard per route run against man coverage and the Lions are a top three man coverage team because they only blitz. So that would mean it would be Hawkinson's targets over Thielen's. Yeah, I think I think Hawkinson might be the better pick here. And then we can start looking. I mean, if you really want to, you can pick someone from the Tampa Bay-Dallas area. You can literally go Godwin. You can go... I mean, dude, even, even one game of Godwin, like, he could literally lead the wild card round in a loss in receiving. Like, so it's just like... I mean, I'm, that I'm, seems I'm like a, a click to me every time. So we got four, and then we got two, and then we got two. So we got, we're at four, two, two. So we got eight. So now we got two more spots that we can even go off the board as another NFC team. Or if you think, uh, you know, like I think Godwin and Mike Evans would be a great pick here because they just we're just getting all of the passing attack. And you know, I'm really like we were talking about earlier. You know about you know them not being in sync. They they've gotten a couple of touchdowns called back because of Donovan Smith every every time a holding call. And uh, I'm thinking myself, I'm like. It'd be really nice if, uh, you know, Tristan Wirfs comes back in the playoffs, you know? So is that going to happen, you think? Or am I just – is that a pipe dream for me? No, I, I think Tristan Wirfs may come back for the playoffs because uh, they're doing the thing where they keep calling him questionable even though he's not practicing. Mm -hmm. So that means he's like a few weeks away. Oh, wow. We had Evans and Godwin go on that run. Okay. So um, we can So there's continue. a Monra, there's a uh, – Christian Kirk is a lower AFC seed 
um, that wouldn't no, play the let's, Dolphins. Let's, okay. let's take the same team here. So if you're going to go Amon Ra, just go Amon Ra and then grab a – who's the secondary piece there? It's uh, – we could take Jamison Williams and be really unique, you know? We could take it could be oh, we could take, uh, Shark. probably DJ Chark. Chark, yeah. Chark's probably a better pick. Um, yeah, those would be the only two. Yeah, I would At least Jamison is big Shark. playability. And in this case, oh, actually, if they play the Vikings, both would be indoors. That'd be great. Yeah, that's true. I forgot about the seventh seed on that. Maybe let's just take Amon Ra and let's take another ancillary piece for high upside on the first weekend. You know, we already got four. Let's take whoever's best available here. We could take... We could take a Buffalo player. We could take a Cincinnati player like Hayden Hurst. Um, Dalton Schultz is also a possibility because we were looking at that game for Godwin and Bray- and Evans. So if you want to go, Juwan Jennings is also another one that we could throw in there if we want just to get unique with our San Francisco. He's probably not drafted a lot, and he does get targets. So it's not great targets, but, you know, they're there. And whatever, whatever, whatever tickles your fancy here. I mean, it's it's uh, it's the tenth round. You know, it's not a it's not a huge thing yet. But if you this. but you want a lower NFC seed, basically. Well, I, I don't I don't want a lower NFC seed because we got the two we got the two seed and the three seed. So if if we're gonna take something, we should take a four or five seed. If we're gonna take it, we could take a four or five seed from the AFC as well because can't Miami's not gonna meet them until the end. So right. it may it may have to be a Hayden Hurst then. That's kind of I'm. I, I really like this guy. I mean, like he's he's like a volatile guy, and if he gets the leverage that week, you win. So, and obviously, yeah, if the Bengals make the Super Bowl, you have you have one player. Uh, in that case, this we would team, have to hope the 49ers yeah. make it, but that's okay. Yeah, this team is is a Miami Super Bowl team. That's it. Like if the Super Bowl or bust for Miami, and we're hoping to get two pieces from San Francisco or two pieces from uh, Minnesota or a piece from, uh, you know, Detroit making it for some crazy reason, you know? So all we're looking for at this point with, with two is another another two or one spot to give us the full five. Obviously, it's extremely shallow, and uh, but it's still got a shot, you know? So. All right. Well, I will go in and rename them for us, but that wraps up the first episode of the Best Ball Postseason Happy Hour for the Underdog Gauntlet Tournament. I think we learned a lot on this episode, actually, and we will be back with more information next week, Thursday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern as well. Chris, tell everyone where they can find you and what else you have coming out on the site for us. Yeah, you can find me on Chris G uh, on Twitter. It's uh, G-E-E with six E's, though. And then uh, I'm, I'm doing another uh, article about the playoff format on Underdog, and I'm talking a little bit more about player takes, uh, more in-depth into team structure and – how, how I like to build my teams and uh, you can check it out on the site for four coming up soon. We'll be back again next week. Check all of that out on the site as well as continued DFS content. We will have more playoff content for underdog as well as the weeks go along. But until then, until next week, remember be a little bit kinder than what's required. We'll see you next time.